Welcome to Hillside Baptist Chapel's weekly Bible study. Please join Dr. Steve Wood every week where we can all collectively grasp a better understanding of God through His Word. This podcast will be published every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Contact information is as follows. Dr. Steve Wood, Pastor, phone or message at 6438-6541, email at steverwood zero zero two at gmail dot com. Prayer requests can be sent directly to HBC Prayer List twenty twenty at gmail dot com. Good evening, Hillside Church family. Welcome to our Wednesday evening podcast. We're continuing tonight our look at the book of Jeremiah. And uh, remember last week we met Jeremiah, we looked at the very first verses that are in uh, that book. And tonight we're going to be looking more intently at Jeremiah's call. As we uh, continue reading in the book of Jeremiah chapter 1, we'll be reading verses 11 through 19 in just a moment as we think about his call and what God said to him as he gave him his call and uh, what uh, we see Jeremiah's response and what God's promise was to him as he accepted the call that God gave him. All right, first of all, let's read from Jeremiah chapter 1, and we'll begin with verse 11. Then the word of the Lord came to me, asking, What do you see, Jeremiah? I replied, I see a branch of an almond tree. The Lord said to me, You have seen correctly, for I watch over my word to accomplish it. Again, the word of the Lord came to me, inquiring, What do you see? And I replied, I see a boiling pot, its lip tilted from the north to the south. Then the Lord said to me, Disaster will be poured out from the north on all who live in the land. Indeed, I am about to summons all the clans and kingdoms of the north. This is the Lord's declaration. They will come, and each king will set up his throne at the entrance to Jerusalem's gate. They will attack all her surrounding walls and all the other cities of Judea. I will pronounce my judgments against them for all the evil they did when they abandoned me to burn incense to other gods and to worship the works of their own hands. Now get ready, stand up, and tell, me, tell them everything that I command you. Do not be intimidated by them or I will cur- cause you to cower before them. Today I am the one who has made you a fortified city, an iron pillar, a bronze wall against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, its officials, its priests, and the population. They will fight against you, but never prevail over you. Since I am with you to rescue you, this is the Lord's declaration. Father, we thank you tonight for the reading of your word and the promises that are there. Help us today that we might understand Jeremiah's call and that we might reflect on that to understand what you're asking from each one of us. Help us to be your servants. Help us to do your work and will. And I pray your blessings on our church and on all of our friends that are listening to this podcast tonight. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, as we uh, think about this particular call of Jeremiah, in verse 9 of chapter 1, 
God had told Jeremiah, I have now filled your mouth with my word. The prophecies that God was giving to Jeremiah to bring to the nations, he was telling him, had come from him. He was to simply speak the words that were given to him. The prophet's calling gives us a preview of the message that he would bring and God showed him two images. First, he saw an almond branch, verses 11 and 12. Almond trees were the very first trees to bloom in the spring and symbolized wakefulness, new life, if you will, and watchfulness. An idea of looking for it. Be on guard. Be alert. Second, he saw a boiling pot, verses 13 through 16. This represents the political situation of the day in which Jeremiah lived. And Judah's constantly being under threat by the Babylonian army. Now there is no doubt that Jeremiah's ministry would be difficult as God is revealing it to him. He should be ready for that. Verses 17 through 19 tells him to help God reminded the prophet of his sovereignty, of his strength, of his ability. We see images of a fortified city, an iron pillar, and a bronze wall. How could he speak harsh truths to those in power and survive? Well, God is telling him that he was going to be with him. God knows each of us the same way he knew Jeremiah. Before even conceived, Notice this comforting and challenging truth by taking time to read Psalm 139. I'd encourage you to read all of it. We're going to look at a few verses tonight and see that it says in verses 9 and 10 of Psalm 139, If I live at the eastern horizon or settle at the western limits, even there your hand will lead me, your right hand will hold on to me. Calls are important. God has a unique call for every person's life. And that call is often revealed to be long-term. Something that happens even before the person is born. That God is intending for that individual to do certain things. For example, John the Baptist. He was called the greatest of prophets in Matthew chapter 11. And... He was privileged to be the messenger who was sent to prepare the way for Jesus' coming. And this was all revealed in the Word of God. His call is so important that it's announced many generations before his birth. Isaiah 40, verse 3, it calls him a voice of one crying out, Prepare the way of the Lord in the wilderness. Make a straight highway for our God in the desert. And then in the book of Malachi, chapter 3 and verse 1, it says, See, I am going to send my messenger, and he will clear the way before me. Then the Lord you seek will suddenly come to his temple, the messenger of the covenant you desire. See, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. And then later, this John the Baptist confirms all of this, when he himself says, 
I am a voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, just as Isaiah the prophet said. And that's found in John 1.29. Call is important. Jesus' call also predated his birth by centuries. And I would like to encourage you, so does yours. Again, back in Psalm 139 that we read from a moment ago, notice verses 13 through 16 here. It says, For it was you who created my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you because I have been remarkably and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know this very well. My bones were not hidden from you when I was made in secret, when I was formed in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw me when I was formed. All of my days were written in your book and planned before a single one of them began. What a wonderful thought. And Jeremiah finds himself in this same position. In verses 4 and 5, in Jeremiah 1, it says, Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, I chose you before I formed you in the womb. I set you apart before you were born. I anointed you a prophet to the nations. There's a Christian song that you may have heard called, I Have a Destiny. And Jeremiah himself says about Israel, For I know the plan I have for you. This is the Lord's declaration. Plans for your welfare, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Call is all about uncovering God's plan and living God's plan in our lives. If you discover God's plan early enough, then you won't need to sing the secular song, Wasted Days and Wasted Nights. <laughs> Sometimes some of us as God's people waste our days and waste our nights, don't we? So often you meet somebody who is really good at their particular job. They seem to fit the job like a hand fits the glove. But as time goes on, you may begin wondering if God didn't have something else for them to do that would build His kingdom. This isn't saying employment is bad. The Apostle Paul was a tent maker, and presumably a good one. But it supplemented his call as an apostle. Now this is the thing that I'd like for us to understand today. It's, a, uh, it's good for us to understand that there is a difference between vocational call and a kingdom call. Now, vocation is important, but kingdom is more important. And we often get this wrong. We look at it the wrong way around. We find that people have done a good job at both. In New Zealand, the life of Robert Laidlaw is a wonderful example of how to mix the two. He served Christ and founded the Farmers Trading Company, one of the largest department store chains in New Zealand. We find that he was an individual who was willing to 
serve God and work for Him as He did His secular job. The first thing here that we learn from Jeremiah is that God has a call on each of our lives. That call that He has for us is paramount. Once you have understood that call, you know that there is a mark on your life and how that you're supposed to respond to that mark. And that's going to define you. Jeremiah got the call, and here is how he responded. It says in verses 5 and 6, The word of the Lord came to me. I chose you before I formed you in the womb. I set you apart before you were born. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. But I protested, Oh no, Lord God, look, I don't know how to speak since I'm only a youth. You see, Jeremiah's first response was to find a reason why he couldn't do it. That's the same response that I had years ago when the Lord called me while I was still in high school to be his speaker, to, to be a pastor. I knew when God called me that that was what he was asking me to do. And I had said no. I told God, I made millions of excuses why I couldn't do that. And I tried to run away from God. I was much like Jonah was when God gave him a call. Now some would say, I can't do it because I'm too young. Another may say, I have a family. Or another one, I'm too old. In the book of Luke chapter 9, the Lord talks about some of the individuals that he encountered during his ministry who gave excuses why they couldn't be the worker God wanted them to be. They had all kinds of excuses. Satan is going to give us excuses why we can't. Thinking about being too old, how old was Moses when God called him? Well, I think God called him when he was in Egypt. He lived there for 40 years. And then he went to the wilderness to herd sheep with his father-in-law Jethro and he lived there for 40 years. Do the math. Then God called him from the burning bush to go to Egypt to lead the children of Israel to the promised land. He was 80 years old when God called him there. Now look at Noah. <laughs> well, this is back in the time when people lived a lot longer than what they do today. But he was between 500 and 600 years old when God called him to build the ark. The age isn't the issue. The call is. For example, God uses young people. Don't look down on yourself because you're young if you are. David was used by God to slay Goliath when he was a youth, a teenager. King Josiah was eight years old when he became king of Israel. At an age of 16, when he was still a youth, 
He sought the God of his father David. And at the age of 22, he began to purge the land of idolatry, bringing a revival in the land of Judah. And they responded, and they came back to God. Let me tell you a story. The year was 1949. A Scottish isle named Hebrides was in a time of darkness. Coldness had crept into the churches there and the land was in a state of moral decay. At the prompting of two older women, praying ladies, who contacted seven young deacons, young men who made a covenant with the Lord to pray for revival. And they met in barns every night until revival would come. Most would associate this revival with Duncan Campbell. He was the one that was called to speak and was the evangelist that was used by God to bring these individuals back to the Lord. But it was these seven nameless, faceless youths who prayed for God to bring revival. And it was these older women that had encouraged these young men. This is found in a book called Revival in the Hebrides by Duncan Campbell. Young men and young women are not to despise their use. 1 Timothy 4.12 says, Let no man despise your youth. Instead, you should be an example to the believer in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. That was written to the young minister Timothy, wasn't it? Do not say that I'm just a youth. Indeed, all of us have a divine purpose given by God. And we need to understand that our excuses for God to not use us may be the facts of the very reason that God chooses us. He wants to use us where we are, as we are. The second key to uh, of Jeremiah and you see it in the, a number of key players in this particular time is obedience to the prompting of God he didn't only have a call he overcame his reservations to fulfill that call Jeremiah was the son of Hilkiah a Leviticus, uh, Levitical priest born about well, between 650 and 645 B.C. But through his childhood training for holy service as a priest, God began grooming him for his future role as a prophet. In the 13th year of King Josiah of Judah, around 627 B.C., God called Jeremiah. And he was still a youth, still very young when God called him. In God's word to all of Israel and to the nations, 
Jeremiah was called to give God's word. God gave Jeremiah the overview of his prophetic ministry in verses 9 and 10. It says, Then the Lord reached out his hand, touched my mouth, and told me, I have now filled your mouth with my words. See, I have appointed you today over nations and kingdoms to uproot, tear down, to destroy and demolish, to build and to plant. This meant that God had appointed Jeremiah to proclaim the destruction and the building of nations that would eventually lead to the kingdom of God. The person's call is often counter to culture. It was with Jeremiah. Despite the situation around him, God says, I will pronounce my judgment against them for all the evil they did when they abandoned me to burn incense to other gods and to worship the works of their own hands. Now get ready, stand up, and tell them everything that I command you. Do not be intimidated by them, or I will cause you to cower before them. Today I am the one who has made you a fortified city, an iron pillar, and bronze walls against the whole land, against the king of Judah, its officials, its priests, and its population. Now the day that we live in are undeniably difficult to be a Christian that stands for that which is right. Our only concern, though, is to know God's call and to fulfill that call in our lives. This call for is for faith, despite the circumstances, or the world around us. My observation is that much focus in the world around us isn't the call of God, but many people spend most of their lives in the shadows considering whether they want to follow God or not. Or maybe even, should I be a Christian? Some seem mesmerized by the world. And they may have a foot in each camp. Some seem to be in the world and yet want to be serving God. In that situation, revival can't happen. Jesus once said, I have come so that you may have life and have it in abundance, John 10.10. God has a full life for you and for me and calls us to live it for him regardless of what we do as an occupation regardless of where we live regardless of the circumstances around us as we do other things that we have to do daily let us be the witness in the world that God has called us to be Father, we pray tonight that you would help us to stand on the truths of your word and be the kind of Christian that we need to be in the witness of others, that they may see us and they may understand who you are and they may understand their need of you. And Father, if there are those listening tonight that don't know you as their Savior, 
We pray tonight that they would turn from their sins and turn to you, the only hope of salvation, and be saved. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Contact information is as follows. Dr. Steve Wood, Pastor, phone or message at 6438-6541, email at steverwood002 at gmail.com. Prayer requests can be sent directly to hbcprayerlist2020 at gmail.com. Thank you, and God bless.